opening this weekend at the Christchurch Art Gallery um, is a major exhibition of new contemporary art in Aotearoa. Uh, these are really important um, exhibitions in terms of gathering a whole lot of exciting um, artists from around the country together. And this one, uh, curated by Melanie Oliver, is called Springtime is Heartbreak, which suggests that it's spring, but there are also things that we need to be a little sad and concerned about. One featured artist is Kaitahu Otapoti Dunedin artist Madison Kelly, who's interested in exploring ways for us and the ways we relate to other species and the natural world. That's influenced a bit by her work as a lead kairahi or guide at Te Korawai or Mihiwaka, the Orokanui Kanui, um, eco-sanctuary near Dunedin. Her new work is concerned with the black stilt or the kaki, one of the world's most endangered birds. Very beautiful they are too, um, and sound is a big part of the work. So before we talk to her, here's some audio from Madison's work that includes the call of the kaki, the black stilt, and an instrument she has devised for her exhibition. So there you go, there's a taste of some of the work of, of Madison Kelly. You can hear that, that bell sound. What are we listening to, Madison? The bell sound. What is the bell sound? The bell sound is actually glass and water and rubber mallets. So it's an idiophone. It's a type of instrument. Sorry, excuse me, what is an idiophone? It yeah. sounds like I need an idiot's introduction <laughs> to the idiophone. The idiophone is the most basic way to describe any instrument that only makes sound based on being struck. So oh. it's not um, sound that you manipulate any further like you would with strings where you can, you know, change where your hand is on the fret of a guitar. It's simply the sound that is made when you hit it and that's it. So it's all influenced by the length of the glass vessels and the amount of water within them. And then so, from there, yeah, and good. So I, I did get to I did get to try out this idiophone um, at the Christchurch Art Gallery. So it's a series of... Cylindrical like vases, mm. kind of glasses with, with varying depths of water in it, right? That's right. Yep. Um, wow. And why that? What? 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 How does that connect to this? To this bird, the kaki? A few different things that kind of link those vessels in with the fuckpapa of the kaki. The biggest thing that led to them being made is just the depth of the water themselves. Those birds, um, kaki, are wading birds. Yes. All of their kai, all of their sustenance comes from wading the braided awa at the moment through Canterbury, but historically throughout the country, wherever suitable awa rivers were, those birds could live there. Um, and famously, they never migrate. They stay put, um, which at the moment they're in the Mackenzie Basin, so you can imagine how extreme some of those conditions get. But the way that they move through the water, very long legs... They're stilts, of course. They're beautiful. Um, very beautiful long birds. legs, very delicate birds. Um, 
But their access to food and their ability to wade is very much influenced by the amount of water available to them. Right. So I really wanted to mihi to the idea of the changing water and the braid plane, which is kind of the absolute amount that the rivers can spread okay. and deviate, and then the kind of current limit that they're sitting under, which is a lot more restricted than so, usual. So why are they so endangered? Because it's like 120 pairs or something or something, or 120 birds? Yeah, it's at the moment, the last count I could find in exact numbers was 156 adults, 156. and those are out in the wild. And then this year, through the Kaki Recovery Program, they've actually released almost the same amount as juveniles. So right now, there's actually wow. slightly higher numbers. Um, so we'll see what happens. So, the- so would they? Would they? You say they were everywhere. I mean, because I, I grew up with the Pied Stilt up north. Of course, yes. And uh, everyone possibly, well, a lot of us would know the Pied Stilt. Um, they were everywhere. But is it like it's a loss of habitat? Yeah, it's all sorts of things. I mean, yeah. So they, uh, the the sort of go to line is that at some point historically, Kaki would have been like the common stilt of New Zealand, uh, and they're the endemic wow. stilt of New Zealand. Wow. Uh, the Pied Stilts are. Australasian, they're really great. They occupy slightly different water depths. There's an interesting thing there as well. But yeah, Kaki have been really massively affected by habitat loss and loss of suitable rivers, um, and also you know extreme levels of exploitation by predators, especially during their nesting seasons. Um, and as chicks are super vulnerable on the ground, and then also because they don't migrate, they're really yeah basically limited to wherever they can survive. And if predators find them there, then that's it. Um, but like lots of our Ripper Manu, you know, they're making incredibly yeah. cryptic nests with speckled eggs that sit all amongst the gravel. <laughs> and it's perfect for not being seen by predatory birds. It's perfect for all sorts of other factors, but with all of our introduced um, mammals that are really good at hunting with smell and hunting on the ground and also travelling really big, far distances through extreme country like the high country. Wow. There's nothing to really protect those birds from being immediately predated. Yeah. Mm. And the Kaki Recovery pro- Project... Um, uh, are you involved in that, or is that such as something you've got to to know? Yeah, so the recovery program is part of the Department of Conservation, and it's technically nestled within Te Manuhuna Aoraki, which is like a really massive conservation project that covers like a large section of the Mackenzie area. It's about three hundred thousand hectares of area. Um, I'm not, I don't work for DOC, and I don't work for the recovery program, but I've kind of been on and off connecting and learning through that program since around 2018 Mm. by pure luck really I got to collaborate um, when I was in just the very end of art school with a conservation geneticist Natalie Forstick who was working for them at the time um, to look at the hybridization between khaki and the pied stilt that you mentioned oh wow yeah so as part of that really generous relationship um, through an art science collaboration I got to visit that program in Twizel and attend one of the releases in 2018. So a lot of the audio and field work and recordings from mm. what is now at the gallery actually started upon visiting for that release. So, so what was that project? I mean, what was the art component of that? Why was art important in that? In that initial... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. really interested in the art science kind of area. Yeah. What, what the art... Everyone gets what the science does. Yeah. We don't always understand what the art does, even though we've been talking today a lot about art and the way it tells stories. Yeah. I mean, in that context, that's a long-running art science collaboration that's been done sort of between the art school and local artists in Aotearoa and the university as a wider research kind of hub for different art scientists. Um, that year it was art and genetics, so that was a specific kaupapa looking at artistic ways to communicate some of the concerns around genetics or some of the metaphors or like 
deep time fuck papa there's lots of interesting things there but for that project with natalie we were looking at hybridization and kind of maybe the slipperiness between a true kaki in terms of genetics because obviously they had a huge bottleneck from nearly being extinct and what happens in the present day with hybrids um, and then the rest of the kaki population that would be considered still true or close to original genetics Um, so that was a series of like charcoal work um, and it was dust and it was all very ephemeral and it was all about you know you make the drawings and the dust settles and you kind of get almost like a a little spectrum yes i'm interested how how your work kind of translates drawing into sound so this work Mm. has quite got a big sound component yes talked about the idiophone um but also I understand you're talking about the call and response of the That's birds. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, like I mentioned, that release was really important um, for this mahi in particular. And I've kind of been waiting for ages to actually address it. But because all the chicks are, all the eggs are uplifted from the wild and they're hatched in an aviary, all of the manu hatched into the world through that recovery program are exposed to recordings, to field recordings of the adults calling so that when they do enter out into the wild, they have a reference point for how to respond to threats. Oh, my goodness. So they don't want them to be socialised. Socialising is actually like, with humans that is, is actually a really dangerous thing for especially really endangered um, species because we don't need need them to be associating with us (laughs) any more than they already do by our own accord. Um. We want them to be out there responding as they normally would. So they have actually been playing, um, and this is one of the tracks that was gifted to this work rather than being from my own recordings, um, this alarm call. And it's the adults doing this incredibly sharp, like staccato, yapping call that goes on for a long time. They play it every time humans come into those aviaries right. to interact with yes. the chicks. So yes. when those chicks are released or the juveniles oh. are released, they start to wade through the awa for the first time like they're actually walking in that land which is incredible to see uh and then they start calling they start calling out and from everywhere (laughs) in the valley all of the adults all of the birds from the previous season the previous generations hear them and yeah to me being there I was crying. It's it's so emotional because uh, um, these are such a talka species as well. To actually see them in their space where they're meant to be is really just mind blowing. Yeah, but yeah, it's like a karaka. It's like a karanga when you're uh, entering into a space or porphyry. You know, being welcomed in. There's like this really clear call and response, and they're finally being invited and welcomed back into their space. And and you know, so the work we see at the Christchurch Art Gallery is a kind of a way of. Embodying what sounds like an immensely wonderful thing. Yes, it's it's in some ways it's a series of alarms, and part of the glass and the water is kind of in a really simple way. Also, just thinking about speech making and like you know yeah. <laughs> trying to alert people to things. So part of it is that it's that kind of back and forth alert. So there's speakers and drawings from that field work that all call out to you, and they're all specific to the Tasman Awa kind of area. And then the glass instrument is there for you to choose how to respond to it. So you can play in response or you can just listen and watch it. But um, part of it is that. It's bringing people into that state of alertness. And then the other part is, yeah, just simply listening really carefully to those calls and then exploring and learning what the relationships of tone might be between the different depths of water. I really love uh, 
yeah, percussion and drawing being mark making simultaneously. They're both like these really great ways <laughs> to interact with the surface. Yes. Yeah. And they hold like data, you know, like there's a spatial relationship and a touch based relationship that holds information either through drawing or through hitting something and then hearing what happens. Wow, yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Oh, Madison, thanks for joining us Killed today. Them. Thank you for the beautiful work. Um, Thank you. Um, and that's at um, the Christchurch Art Gallery at the moment. It's in the exhibition Springtime is Heartbreak. You might be starting to get a sense of why that exhibition title yes. is so kind of apt. <laughs> and the show is on until the 19th of May. Thank you for joining us. Tēnā koe.